0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz saxophonist Dana Stevens. He was born in Brooklyn and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. He just released 2017's Gratitude, and he's got plenty to be grateful about. With a rare kidney disease, he is a survivor and a journeyman jazz cat with plenty of stories and talent. Inspired by his grandfather, Albert Bullock, he would take that early love of jazz and learn more at the Berklee School of Music and later at the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz. Then he would play with the likes of Kenny Barron, Gerald Clayton, and so many others. He's got plenty of wisdom to share and a lot of great stories. So get to know him and dig this interview, my friends.
1: Thanks for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So let me dive in here and get an idea of what has been going on with you, Ellie. you got the new album, but in general, what, what's going on in your world musically?
2: A lot as a sideman also. I um, just recorded a record with Kenny Barron a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm not quite sure when it's going to be out, but it's going to be out on Impulse maybe, I don't know, later later this year. Just, you know, I played with Fred Hurst this, this year also at the Vanguard, doing some touring with Billy Childs coming up. A small handful of uh, big band gigs um, uh, just happened and a couple that are happening in the future. So I've been writing for big band and also working on... Um, well, I'm already looking for the next record. I'm, I'm writing music for uh, my EWI project that I have with Gilad Hexelman. So, you know, it's quite a, <laughs> quite a bit of stuff, man. Yeah. Now, that I'm act- now that I'm actually able to, to do all this and travel and stuff, I'm just uh, doing everything I can do. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's a busy slate. It seems to me as though the big band has to be kind of a separate thrill. They have such a big organism. Is there something special about that for you?
2: I've always loved big band. I got my start really in jazz music playing big band, and um, it's always been a daunting <laughs> task, you know, a daunting thing to, to look at at doing. But I finally just uh, did it. You know, started writing charts a couple of years ago, and um, it's a, a a long, lengthy process. But I really enjoy it. It's a very gratifying when it all comes together. Right on.
1: You know, it seems as though the title of this album, based on your work, Flurry, is, is that you have gratitude for where you're at, what you've done in your musical life. So let me ask you this. This album stays in the tradition of you evolving as a jazz musician. Talk to me about what the what, what kind of the motivating forces behind this album and how you feel about it now that it's out.
2: Yeah, well, when I recorded the album, I was actually still uh, in going through my health challenges, as you, as you may know. Um, Man, just being <laughs> being able to um, to actually fully do what I love without any restrictions is uh, is, is amazing. And honestly, uh, you know, the, the gratitude comes in because so many people helped me through those six years. Um, and also, I mean, honestly, the, the gratitude could, could mean many things. I mean, the, especially the guys on this record are. Um, or cats that are that are heroes of mine? Um, um, much gratitude towards that. The, you know, the musical family. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it, I'm trying to think of something that I'm not gracious for when it comes to it comes to this record. It's, I don't know if that's answering the question it is. to the fullest, but
1: it is. And and I'm going to piggyback off of that. You do have a rare kidney disease, FSG, and I was wondering how that obviously you kind of answered a little bit how does that play in your entirety as a human being and how does that affect your music and how are you 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 had mentioned that you know it's been it's been a long road
2: yeah uh today i'm honestly better than i've ever been as an adult <laughs> you know i feel really okay. great um i've lost quite a bit of weight actually do, uh, because i've i've been able to off of dialysis um and just have a ton more energy than I, <laughs> than I really ever remember. So, um, you know, in terms of my health, I'm, my doctors are very happy about where I'm at. They've actually the, the uh, hospital St. Barnabas in New Jersey actually even wanted to do a commercial. Unfortunately, my schedule was so busy, I couldn't, I wasn't able to work it out. But they were really, um, really satisfied with my my progress. You know, when I was sick, it, it definitely affected my playing. I wasn't, able, I didn't have the stamina or you know, the the length of my breath to even play as as vigorously as I wanted to. And that kind of changed my playing. Um I had could only really play to my capabilities at that point. And uh ended up using a lot more space, I think, in, in my in my playing. Which actually I, I come to got I, I I eventually got really accustomed to that. And uh now that I don't necessarily have to play that way um, yeah. anymore. It's 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 interesting to listen listen back now, and I actually am trying to <laughs> maybe more incorporate some of the you know the way I played back then, um, using more space. But I, I found myself having to be a bit more conscious about uh, being patient. <laughs> you know, yeah. now that I have so much more more energy. Um, so you know, I don't know. It's it's uh again, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question all the way, but you are. That's uh, it's been a a long road, and I'm just and so gratified to be in a happy, you know, productive spot in my life right now. So
1: yeah, well, speaking yeah. of speaking of a long road, let's begin where that road started, which was in Brooklyn, and then you grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Talk to me right. about your life, how you grew up to get so interested in jazz and become a musician.
2: Yeah, well, um I I started playing sax at like 12 and a half, 13 years old. Um my grandfather uh played saxophone. Um uh when he, definitely especially when he was in college and by the time I, I grew up he hadn't he didn't play as much, but when I picked up my horn at at, at 12 and a half, uh he, you know, Started to bring out his horn, and I, I get to hear him play and hear his sound. Um, so from him and my dad, who was also into jazz, I mean that's that's where I, I got the buzz. Now for the years before that, I was more into like oldies and pop music, well, which I still love. Um, but but when I when I picked up the saxophone, it, it kind of gave me focus to jazz. You know, the Bay Area is a great community for for jazz education and for jazz, I think, in in general. Uh, was educated you know i don't know if you've heard of, of pianist ed kelly but he was around here in the bay area when i was growing up and he was gracious enough to let kind of let anyone come in and sit in on his college class here at laney college and um and that was just hugely instrumental for me um and, and extremely inspirational that you know to, to be able to actually sit with a master like that and um and, and learn from him. And, um, you know, eventually went to Berkeley High School where I knew the history of that place and who came from that school. And then from on went, from there went on to Berkeley College of Music and then the Thonious Monk Institute. And so, you know, it's, um, it wasn't something I was very into as a very young kid, but once I, you know, Sonny Rollins' album, The Bridge, was my real first introduction, um, to, to jazz and, and uh that still is my desert island record you know it's it it and i remember the slow burn <laughs> you know i didn't really get it the first time i heard it but at that point it was really the only cd that i had that my dad bought me so uh, over the course of the next week or two i listened to it over and, you know over and over again and it just that was the that was it
1: <laughs> right on
2: yeah. Yeah. right on.
1: Well. Let me ask you this. The one thing that was that was very evident in your bio and in your history is that your uh grandfather, Albert, was a big, huge, significant hero for you musically. Why was that?
2: Well, uh his sound really, um I I really loved loved his saxophone sound. Um and and the other thing is he every year until he passed really he went to Monterey Jazz Festival. I mean it was just it was deeply a part of the family, Um, and every Saturday morning, that was, you know, it was, there wasn't a question about what was going to be happening in the house, what was going to be playing in the house, you know, throughout the day, so, (laughs) and uh, we would have, um, my grandfather eventually went into the, um, was uh, on the parole board here in California. I'm actually just visiting home right now so I keep saying here. Um I just saw my grandmother a couple of days ago so um cool. but so when he, you know, when he came home from being on the road for that job, I mean Saturday, you know, around the house was 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 jazz music and um you know I don't know man, yeah, I I love his I have a lot of his his old, you know, records, you know, that he collected through <laughs> many years, um, and, you know, he had a, we would go out on the river sometimes, he had a boat that we would go out on uh, many weekends throughout the year, we'd spend a lot of time together and, and it was jazz and blues, I mean, he always also went to the blues festival probably every year that, you know, that he was alive, he, he was at the blues festival and the jazz festival in Monterey every year, so, so yeah, I mean, he influenced my my taste, you know, <laughs> my taste Right on Right on.
1: Well, the one thing too is is that you have kind of that familial, informal, or that real world way of learning. But you also went to Berkeley and went to the Thelonious Monk Institute. What did
2: you learn about jazz in a formal environment? Oh man, it's it's endless. I'm still <laughs> I'm still huh. learning. I was just talking about my old teacher, Hal Crook, uh, yesterday. Actually, I, I, you know, for me, he's like just the best teacher in the world, and he's a scientist. He'll take He'll take the, you know, the the big, broad topic of of jazz and split it up into like 50 different little topics that you could work on individually and it it just becomes impossible not to become a a better musician if you just really focus on those little, little smaller topics like, you know, it could be displacement or melodic development or motivic development. I mean, all these little, little topics. So, you know, yeah, it was very, uh, you know, I went to jam sessions and and sat in on um, a Kelly's class as a youngster, and it was definitely more informal. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. Learning things by ear, and and you know, hearing these guys um, play in, in a you know in a live setting in a jam session was was great. And then going to Berkeley and getting the, um, but even before Berkeley, I was in a program at UC Berkeley called. Um, uh, again we're using Berkeley a lot. Um, I'm saying the Berkeley in uh California now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, they had they had a kids program um called Young Musicians Program, which um, you know, cats like uh Josh Rebman, Benny Green, a lot of a lot of guys went through this program. And that's kind of where actually the formal training started, my last year of high school. And we would go through classical harmony and jazz harmony and we sang in choir. So I think that was uh Really, really beneficial to actually take what um, I learned informally and, and and already had been inspired by, and then actually learn what it was about what I liked, why it worked, you know, in a, in a logical sense, um, and getting the theory and and all that stuff. So, uh, for me, it was it was you know, in learning how to arrange for big band. There's no way I could have would even had a clue of what to do <laughs> for big band if I hadn't gone to Berkeley and taken uh, some composing classes with uh, uh, Greg Hopkins, who is actually still there. um, I think both, uh, for me, are very, very important. So let me ask you this. You mentioned uh, at the top of
1: the interview about how many people that you have played with in your career. What do you learn from journeyman people like Gerald Clayton and Kenny Barron and Eric Harlan? What do you get from them as far as
2: their years of experience, yeah, well Gerald's uh I met him actually when I was in the Monk Institute. He was uh, 16 at the time. So he's quite a few years behind me, but even with that said, I've I've learned a lot from musicians that are younger than than myself. Actually, Julian Lodge, who was on this record, I've I think he may be almost 10 years behind me and I've learned a lot from him. Um he's you know, he's a he was a prodigy as a kid, but I'm not, talking even just outside of the music, just having a a, a good perspective on uh, how you want to approach it? Um, you know, you, what what is your real motivation for doing it? Um, but you know, guys like Kenny, I mean, he's <laughs> it's. I learn a lot from seeing what he doesn't do. <laughs> you know, <Like> he <laughs> yeah. he, he, does, he doesn't really say a lot, but I I love that approach to leading a band. He really just leads by, by example. I mean, he'll call the tunes and. Um actually, and I first met him at the at the uh, Stanford Jazz Workshop where he was one of my teachers. Um, and, you know, we we'll would just play tunes and he'll um, show us tunes by ear. And, um, man, it's just, you know, I, I learned from him that it doesn't need to be as uh, <laughs> crazy and, uh, you know, high-stressed. And, I mean, it's, a lot of leaders just kind of go a bit overboard. And it doesn't take a lot. Um, to 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 put a, a a great show together, a great program together. We actually did uh, um, the Philharmonic in Paris er, earlier this year with uh, with Kenny, with a group of a, a few of us uh, younger musicians. It was kind of featuring um, uh, young young musicians, um, up and coming, I guess you'd say. And um, the way you put that whole program together, I mean, Kenny played for two hours and 45 minutes straight and, and, like, didn't seem like he even broke a sweat, you know, I, I just really couldn't believe that, <laughs> and yeah. Kenny, Kenny's a master um, without trying to be, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, you know, uh-huh. speaking of a journey, speaking of a long career in jazz, you you etched a pretty good groove up to this point. How do you feel about your career? Where you're at what you're doing and how things have transpired up to this point
2: I'm happy um with my with with my progress thus far. I'm definitely anxious to keep on evolving i mean i can I'm always um aware of ways I can be a better musician or, or not even just a better musician but just expand what I've done thus far you know but when I listen back to you know I don't. <laughs> As Larry Grenadier said once, I was actually at the recordings. I don't really need to listen to it, but uh, but when I do listen back to my recordings, um, I, I you know I'm happy with with uh, with what I put out. You know, with what I uh, attempted to create. You know, there's always moments. I mean, the artist you know often has a hard time looking at, at their own work in a, in a in a real perspective. You know, I'm sure. there, I can always uh for my own playing i can always think of how it could have been better but um uh, when i get that ego stuff out of my head <laughs> i'm i'm and just listen to it for for the for the piece of music that it is you know i'm i'm am really happy it it's interesting i haven't been able to have the same band on any of my records but it's actually interesting in that way that um i guess the the, the writing is is kind of what Unites them, but it's. I love hearing it being expressed by all these different casts that I, that I love, and I kind of just surrender to the fact that I can't, you know, just because of busy schedules and and also the stuff I was going through before. I'm I, I wasn't able to to really have a, a super consist, uh, consistent band. I've actually kind of surrendered to that, and actually have gone to appreciate you know the pluses and minuses of doing it that way. And, um, you know, the pluses I, I get to play with, you know, I've had a chance to record with a lot of great musicians, you know, um, you know Eric Harlan, uh, Justin Brown, Donald Edwards, uh, Bill Stewart on drums, you know, for all, a lot of these different records, Akira Tana. And Then bass players, you know, Larry and, and uh, Joe Sanders, Ben Street. These are all guys that I, I love and love on many records and, you know, uh, you know, just have a chance to record with all these guys over the years has been great.
1: You know, the other thing about you too is that you're a teacher at Manhattan's New School and Stanford. What is your philosophy with students? What do you want to give them? Well, my
2: main thing is um, giving them tools to better express what they want to express, um, and and also. I mean, mainly, I, I I push for students having their own voice. I mean, we all have the same twelve notes available to us that we've had for a thousand years. But the beauty of music is that it can be very individualized, especially when it comes to jazz. So I, I just want to give them the tools of of you know that that make music, um, that that music is made of, you know. Um or should I say the tools that help them express uh, you know express the music on a, on a clearer more specific level the goal the end goal is to have their own approach to it so and basically honestly it, it, that that comes with just not having only one source of inspiration, like I only love John Coltrane, or I only love one person, or this kind of music, and I and I feel that uniqueness comes from having exposure and having inspiration from a variety of players, um, a variety of perspectives. Um, you know, when you mix Lester Young and Michael Brecker, you're going to get something unique. You know, you know, if, if, if you can find yourself being being as inspired as, as to both of those guys, as I am, I, mean, I love I love both of those guys. I'm like, I, I, personally, I wouldn't even want to compare one being better than the other. They're just very different, but they're very unique. Um, so you know that's that's really it. I mean, the, the fundamentals of harmony it does slightly evolve over time, but it's pretty. You know, it, it is. It kind of is what it is. And once you get that, you know, just do the homework of getting the the, the foundation. You know the harmonic foundation that that we need in the rhythmic vocabulary from a lot of different cultures, and and then uh, go at it. You know, create your create your sound. That's that's my number one goal when I'm when I'm teaching, um, whether it's in an ensemble or private students. I'm actually going to be start. I just got hired to teach at a Manhattan School of Music starting in September. Also, so that's going actually going to be my my new gig <laughs> um throughout the school year, so right
1: on, let me ask you a generic question for a life yeah. that you've dedicated to jazz. Why do you
2: love jazz? Well, kind of just what I was just saying it's it's uh it never gets boring <laughs> because uh you know if you hear the same song, the same people even and play it a different night, it's gonna be a different thing um the um element of surprise or or the mystery about what what's going to happen that night or or the freedom to even kind of create wherever you want to go i mean that that those are the ingredients of addiction to be honest (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, having gratification and unpredictable um, uh, spurts you know that, that whether it's you know alcohol, whatever it is, anything that people are addicted to, that is the recipe for making someone fanatical, <laughs> you know. And yeah. That's what jazz is. I mean, it's, it's a new experience every time you see it. And sometimes you're not satisfied, you know, but then there's moments where you're overly gratified. So, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, of all the people that you've played with and all the shows that you've witnessed, if you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see a jazz show – where would you go and who would you want to see live? Man, I've never
2: been asked that. That's that's um mm, narrowing that down is really tough, man. Sure. <laughs> I you know there is a I, well, it's funny because I've seen the video of this, but um, there's a video where Billie Holiday and Jerry Mulligan and um Lester Young and uh, Lester takes that one chorus of blues that just, just knocks everyone out. I don't know. I would. I would love to see that, but uh, man, I. I would almost want more time to think about that. So that's I cool. Say, no, know? that's cool.
1: Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Let me let me get everything kind of boiled down to this
2: question here, which
1: is going to get to some essence. And I want to know this. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, the people that buy your music and see your shows. But when you wake up, who do you think you are?
2: I'm just a combination of all of my experiences thus far that's all i can say
1: i mean uh, i'm someone
2: i i don't i don't necessarily this is maybe going taking a a, a hard left turn here but i don't uh, see myself as someone uh, who really necessarily believes in strict free will i can only choose that which i've been exposed to and i can only you know respond and you know, in, in ways that, you know, I've I've been expo you know, been exposed to, so therefore I you know, I can't choose something I, I don't know. Therefore I'm I'm really limited to, to just my experiences and my perspective thus far. So Yeah I don't I don't not I'm not quite sure uh <laughs> I, I'm comfortable with not knowing who the hell I am. <laughs> right on. You know? I like that. That's a good answer, man.
1: That's great. And I think that's a great way to kind of wrap everything up. Thank you for taking some time out for me today, talking about the new album and opening up about your life. I appreciate it.
2: Man, I I appreciate you, uh, you you know, giving me the platform to speak about it.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Brooklyn, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Dana for his time, his honesty, and the stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, or visit the NeonJazz.blogspot.com, or go to YouTube.com and type in Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: Neon Jazz.